One of the challenges of our world today is our connection as a global village, where we hear about the latest situations of what is happening in the lives of two-dimensional characters on our screens like Megan and Harry, yet fail to connect with three-dimensional people next door. While modern forms of communication have us feel intimately connected with others across the globe, we feel the pain of a lack of connection with those in our building or our street. One of the campaign slogans in the lead-up to yesterday's federal election was, change the government, change the rules. As much as we might think that a change of government may bring about a change in our lives, the reality is, by the time the promises um, leading up to the election get to us, they often feel extremely watered down and diluted. This is especially true when it comes to things around the creation of community. Before coming to Northern, I was in a church in Queensland where we were laying down the foundations for a church plant in a new development estate. A greenfield development, so basically a greenfield development means that it was just basically paddocks. Cows were there and they were going to look at developing all these areas that they'd bought up the land for one of Australia's largest master plan communities. However, in speaking with each of the developers and the local council, they knew that when it came to creating uh, community, they would struggle doing it. They needed help. And so a group of um, pastors were looking at um, doing what we could to help. And so we've got a photo there of an Easter egg hunt where some of the new residents of the community came together and the kids celebrated their Easter egg hunt that was managed by us. You see, they could build homes, they could build shopping centres and roads and parks, they could even put on events. However, as much as they might try, developers and leaders in government, whether it be council, local, uh, state or federal, they struggle to create a community heart. In McKay's book, um, Australia Reimagined, he poses the question, am I hoping yet again for a leader to make up for the deficiencies in my own effort to make the world a better place? Am I falling for the oldest trap in political and cultural history? The trap of believing that a charismatic leader can save us from ourselves. Last week, we looked at fragmentation, fractals and families, and you learnt something about broccoli last week, didn't you? About how broccoli is a fractal. Um, and, and we looked at the breakdown of communities and how we can overcome um, some of those breakdowns and how it starts with individual homes. We were reminded also last week of the pivotal role that women play in the creation of community and the influencing and changing that they can bring about in communities and in the nation. Today, we kind of take a step back and take in a slightly wider view from home to neighbourhood. In their textbook, Developing Communities for the Future, Deakin University professors Kenny and Connors describe the concept called bridging social capital. Now, bridging social capital occurs when networks develop between groups, that is, uh, when social relations are established between people of different backgrounds, such as ethnicity, age and country. 
these contacts and ties connect people to different social circles and different sources of information and knowledge. For McKay, the critical nursery for the growth and development of social capital is the local neighbourhood. McKay continues to write, the local neighbourhood is a place where neighbours are expected to act as or act like neighbours. Not uh, by being each other's best friends, though occasionally that happens, but by recognising that when you buy or rent a house or apartment, you are taking your place as a member of a neighbourhood. And moral and social obligations flow from that. I think most of us have heard this saying, it takes a village to raise a child. But I also believe that it takes a village to raise a community. As we consider from a high vantage point and look across the town or city, we can easily feel overwhelmed when it comes to the creating of community. We hear stories of people out there, the single parent who feels invisible, the older person who struggles with isolation, stories of homelessness, stories of people struggling with mental health or food insecurity. In Darabin and Cooper, our area, there are around 63,562 dwellings with an approximate population of 161,609 people. Whether you live in Darabin or, the, uh, uh, or a city or town elsewhere in the world, I, I wonder how you go about feeling a sense of community, whether you feel as though there is a real sense of community for you. If you experience a sense of community, then I suspect that it's because there is a positive bridging capital that is um, celebrating diversity and helping bring people together that you're a part of. If you don't, if you don't feel as though there's a sense of community, then I suspect that uh, part of the reason for that is that you may feel disconnected and you feel as though those social relationships and networks that are so important that give you a sense of belonging and community elude you. Moreover, one of the challenges that we face is that we tend to gravitate towards people like us, people who make our interactions easier, building bridges to others who may have different views, who um, when we treat those relationships well, they can help our communities and those connections become more robust, more stronger or stronger. Let me pause for a moment and ask you a question. I should pull out this microphone because I'll, I'll do a quick race around with it as well. Um, but let me pause for a moment and ask you a question. If you were to describe what a village feels like to someone who has never lived in one, how would you identify some of the values, some of the qualities of living in a village? Now, I recognise that some of you may have never lived in a village. You may never have had the opportunity to live in a small town, but perhaps you saw one on TV as you escaped to the country. But think about it for a moment. A village, a town, what are the qualities, what are the values that you can imagine that might be evident in a village or a town? And just pop up your hand and I'll come around with the microphone and interested in your feedback on that. Yep. Thanks, Chris. 
say sharing. Like my neighbours, they started a veggie and uh, salad garden, and they gave us some sharing of that. You okay, know, so, so uh, a veg. So they neighbours started a veggie and sa um, salad garden, and they shared some of those stuff. Yep. Togetherness. Togetherness. Okay. So how would you, how would you imagine that togetherness? If you were to paint a picture of that, what what that look like? Well, like people that. Um, would be doing things together like uh, yep. projects and um, farming co yep. communities and things okay. like that. So people coming together to um, achieve something, whether it be farming or other things like a fete or a, a market, those sorts of things as well. Yep. Um, other thoughts about? Uh, to offer help when needed. To offer help when needed. So, you know, the village coming together to offer help. Yep. I would say um, you would see people talking to each other, friendly, smiling. People would say g'day, you'd buy something in the butcher and they'd have a chat to you. Yep, okay. So that's a really significant thing. Rather than just a transaction that takes place, there's a conversation around those transactions or those engagements. So you're walking along the street, rather than just brushing past someone and giving a nod, there might be a little bit more point pause where you, you stop and you have a chat and connect with someone, have a chat to the local butcher. Um, you don't need any telephone there. You don't need a telephone? No, you just tell one person everyone knows. Ah, okay, so, so that can be a downside of community, can't it? Where, where you tell one person and if they're the town crier, that, then everyone knows. Yep, so that can be a challenge about community. So we recognise that. Anyone else as far as community goes? So Matt and then Paul at the back. There's often a, like a shared sense of pride of who, who we are and our yeah. place, you know. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that we're doing it, we're, we're in it together. Yep. Yeah. So, so there's an understanding of their, their collective identity and that they play a part in that, which is really important. Fantastic. And Paul? Yes, sir. Uh, I grew up in a town, one square kilometers in the area, mm -hmm. and uh, we know each other. Everyone knows each other, aside from uh, gossip and all that. Yep. We care for each other, and uh, we just I can say we love each other. And all the townspeople gather together for fellowship yep. in every special occasion. Yep, okay. So people knew each other, they knew some of their stories and they would gather together for special occasions. That's great. Thank you so much for your contributions to that. For me, as I think about that, there's, there's probably two qualities that we kind of pick up as a theme in what we've talked about in uh, some of that feedback. One is a sense of ownership that Matt was talking about, um, that sense of of having that corporate identity that these are my people, these are my tribe, these are, these are people that I identify with. The other is awareness. Now, we heard some positive aspects of that. We also heard some of the negative aspects of that as well, about everyone knowing everyone's business, even when you don't want them to know your business, but sometimes that can happen. Ownership, my town, my village... Those concepts move beyond inward looking at my home or, or my room and it includes a sense of ownership and I suggest a sense of responsibility for what happens in my area. The other, awareness. When it comes to home and, and so often we can 
do this. Um, not sure what your home situation is, but uh, if you drive up to the, the garage, you press the remote and the roller door pops up and you drive in, you press the roller door down and it closes and you go into the, the house without actually connecting with the street at all or you go through your secure parking um, or your front gate or whatever else um, and, and there's a lack of pause between the front door and your entry to it. We can live um, behind high fences. We can live at the back of the house or in front of the TV. And we can become ignorant of the rhythms and the patterns of behaviour of the world out there. While I freely acknowledge the issues around gossip and the invasion of privacy, the founding founding, uh, person of Neighbour Day which commenced in Melbourne in 2003, reminds us of what can be lost when we lose our sense of village in our community. You see, it takes a village and many of the values in the village that are contained within it to raise a community. So where does the village start? If I believe the village starts in your street, in your corridor, in your apartment block. One of the many things that uh, Mary and I did when we were moving to to Reservoir uh, was we introduced ourselves to our neighbours on both sides. We exchanged contact numbers and we had the family on one side over for a meal and connected with the others in other ways as well. And uh, the next uh, slide shows a photo of our Christmas feast. And we had the honour of both sets of our neighbours coming along uh, where they met each other either side of our house, where we live, they met each other for the first time here. Two sets of families meeting together for the first time here in this auditorium because of the Ministry of Developing Community and the value that this church holds. And so um, on the one on this side, we've got... Um, I'll pop up and try and point them out. So we've got uh, Sonali, uh, Nicole and um, Harriet... And then we've got um, Khan and Anna and Ava and Mia that were sitting with, um, with Roger. And so it was great for, for these people that had never met each other to actually meet here because of the value of community that we believe in. Developing community starts in your street, at your floor, at the level in your apartment building. And it builds the best kind of social capital, bridging social capital. And I believe that Jesus wants you and I to be champions in creating community where we live. Now, there are several passages that I believe give support to this. And Paul read one earlier. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison? And visit you. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, your neighbours, you were doing it to me. 
We should not be surprised that the kingdom value echoes through the village value that we identified before. Awareness. Those who create community and in Jesus' name express the values of the kingdom of God are people who don't live under a rock. They are not gossiping or interfering, but they do show interest in the lives of those around them. For them, ignorance is not acceptable. It is not an excuse. The people Jesus celebrates in this passage are those who develop an awareness of what is going on around them. One of the major reasons why Neighbour Day started was when Andrew Heslop became aware of a woman who died and her remains were not discovered for two years. Andrew was inspired by a neighbour who was aware of the needs of others in his street. Jesus calls us as citizens of the kingdom to infuse the values of the kingdom of heaven into our street, into our apartment block. Jesus commends his followers for being aware of the needs of the neighbour. Awareness. The second value is ownership. It's not enough for Andrew Heslop's neighbour to know that there was a need in the street. The neighbour also had a healthy sense of ownership of my street to do something for my neighbours. In a previous neighbourhood, Mary and I walked the dog regularly around the block and we did it in an unhurried way and met and chatted to our neighbours. Over time, one family, the, um, the relationship moved from being adversarial to advocating and a refuge. When members of that family experienced domestic violence, we provided a refuge for them. We supported them when they grieved the death of a daughter We were there for them when the police and the ambulance arrived. We supported them as well as we could as they tried to make sense of a senseless situation. They were all my neighbours. They lived in my street. There was a sense of responsibility and ownership that Mary and I shared for those around us. Neighbours that started out viewing us as their enemy farewelled us and told us how much they would miss us. Jesus calls us to be aware of the needs of our neighbours and to have enough of a sense of ownership that we can do what we can to care for our neighbours. Theodore Roosevelt reportedly said, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That sounds a lot like the values of the kingdom that Jesus is king over, doesn't it? Individualism, selfishness, it sucks the life out of community and the values of the village. Awareness and ownership of your street and your neighbourhood breathes life and hope instead. Peter, one of the first followers of Jesus, recognised that, that we should not look at our life and our time, that, sorry, we should look at our life and our time in this world differently. Not as takers, but as givers. And we truly, and when we truly live with this sort of kingdom value, others will notice. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, he writes this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. 
then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. There are so many temporary things that can distract us uh, from eternal things, things of eternal value. And when the world may try to criticise the church out there, when you live as followers of Jesus in an honourable way, living properly, valuing community and caring for others, living transformational lives, then those values of adding, of giving, community building behaviours strengthen and create a better community, a better sense of community and helps to make a better neighbourhood as well. Councils, state and federal governments all believe in the importance of good, strong communities. But it takes a village to raise and create community. That village can be created in your neighbourhood, in your floor of the apartment building that you live in, in your street. We just need someone to championing, uh, to champion the creating of community in your neighbourhood, don't we? You know, someone that will, will go that extra mile, that will, will be prepared to commit, will be prepared to connect, will be prepared to develop a sense of awareness, will be prepared to have a sense of ownership about it, to be aware of the neighbours and to care enough to support them. I believe that Jesus wants that to be you and me, to be champions and to help grow village values to create community. It can start as easily as sharing phone numbers and knowing your neighbours by name. And as followers of Jesus, as we open ourselves up to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we can help build those important values in community to the glory of God. When the Holy Spirit brings someone to mind, one of your neighbours, then ask, God, what would you like me to do? I can pray for them, sure. Do you need me to connect with them? Can I do something for them? Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you when he brings your neighbours to mind. Prayerfully act in some positive way and see what God does in and through you. So how might we respond today? Well, today's response is extremely practical. First of all, do you know your neighbours? Perhaps offer a prayer for them today. If not then commit to getting to know them. Start with exchanging contact details. Who are the champions in your neighbourhood? Commit to getting to know them. If there aren't any champions in your neighbourhood, then ask God if he wants you to be that champion for your neighbourhood. Then finally, what are the needs of your neighbourhood and how might you prayerfully respond? Invite the Holy Spirit to give you insight into what is happening in your neighbourhood. We're going to have some music played. And while we have that music played, I invite you to take out those response cards. You don't have to go through each of those questions. It might be just one that stands out to you. And I invite you to respond today to the things that God might be laying on your heart. God bless you.